Welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host, Leanne Hunt, and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm, fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 14 of season two of the Knitter Square podcast. Well, I'm recording this um, on a warm afternoon in early August, but we've had a very um, cold July and it has been very eventful in not so good ways. In fact, pretty awful ways. If you've been following the news about South Africa in July, you will actually um, be familiar with some of what I'm going to talk about. Don't want to go into a whole lot of detail and I did mention some of it on last week's or last fortnight's uh, episode. But um, just to put you in the picture, because I do think it has impacted us at Knitter Square. So um, broadly speaking, July the 18th is usually Mandela Day. And of course, it was last month as well. Mandela Day is the day that uh, citizens generally take 67 minutes to do some volunteering work in honor of Nelson Mandela. So Mandela Day is an opportunity for people who are involved in Knitter Square, either directly or indirectly, to um, hand out blankets at distributions to children at creches or in um, informal settlements. And we do that um, through, sometimes we do it through uh, direct distributions, but very often we do it through partnerships with other organizations that are already on the ground or who have connections with, um, with communities. This year, um, because of COVID, there was a sort of a muted lead up to Mandela Day and we hadn't planned anything sort of very specific. And in fact, because of COVID, our shelves were not um, very full. We had some blankets that had sort of remained there because they weren't uh, suitable for handing out to children and they'd been sort of put aside for homeless people. But, um, you know, we, we had a couple of uh, bags of of blankets that were set aside and there was an intention to hand them out. But um, round about the mid middle of July, the weekend of the 10th of July, there was some um, unrest and some burning of trucks on the transport routes between Durban and Johannesburg. It was thought to be uh, politically motivated. Um, but on the Monday, uh, there was this sudden um, wave, if you like, of of looting of shopping malls, burning of shops, uh, damaging of schools, um, barricading of entrances to towns. And it, it was really um, very frightening, especially in KZN, but also in some of the uh, areas of, of Johannesburg, uh, Soweto and Tambisa being probably the worst hit. Um, so I'm going to let some of our volunteers tell you about that directly in their own words because um, they can do a far better job than I can. Uh, I took my phone into the barn on Tuesday. It was the first Tuesday we had sort of met after all this looting had happened and things had started getting back to normal. And I um, went around and took some little short clips from various volunteers. Um, in order of appearance, I'm going to say Vivian is going to set the scene. Then Wandi gives us quite good insight into what it was like in Soweto. Uh, then Estelle, then Rhonda, and she tells us about what she was able to do for some homeless people, uh, not children, but certainly those in need because of what had been happening. 
And then I've got Liz talking a little bit about Mandela Day and then Sue opening parcels and talking about squares and Mandy um, talking sort of really about how she managed through lockdown. Well, certainly through the, the, the week when everybody had to be confined to home and couldn't come into the barn because it was too dangerous to travel. So that's what I've got for you today. Today I'm here at Meter Square just to let the ladies know that uh, it's been very tough in Soweto and um, the, before the looting of uh, malls in Soweto it was very quiet, very quiet. We, we were not going anywhere, we were just sitting at home and uh, I was doing lots of knitting and crocheting. And uh, then came the looting of malls. And uh, there were lots of police um, staying on a main tarred road. Mm -hmm. We uh, there lots of taxis going to town, going to everywhere in Soweto. And uh, most of the taxis that were going to town were mostly in the mornings and evenings. But during the day, there will be taxis that are going inside Soweto and it was after the looting it was very very busy and uh, lots of people on the streets and you know it was like Christmas and but we were scared because we were sitting at home not wanting to go into the streets and uh, yeah they, it wasn't nice what we heard and what we saw was not nice. It was not nice really for people being going to the malls to loot. We did not enjoy that. We did not, like, you know, it was especially for uh, uh, us parents looking at what the young ones are doing. It was not, it was really painful. And um, at least the mall that is nearer to us, it's about two, I think it's 2.8 kilometers from us. And uh, we don't see much, but uh, because we are on the main tide road, we could see people coming up the street, you know, going down, carrying groceries and other things, you know. And, uh, but we just, you know, you would just, tilt your head and say I don't know what they're doing and um, only two days ago uh, we took a taxi we took a, a, a bolt uh, to Mall of the South because we had to go and buy groceries and we drove past the mall that is not far from us and everything was black you know like the I was looking at a, a a furniture shop that is not far from the road and inside that shop it was black mm -hmm. there was nothing everything was looted it, it it's really a disgrace to see people doing that you know uh, we're really not happy because uh, the breaking into the shops 
and where are we going to buy now? The malls are closed. The malls are closed and there is nowhere to go. You have to go far to go and buy your groceries. We had a lot of load shedding and a lot of load reductions and it was freezing. We couldn't do anything. And to crown it all, we had all these protests and the unrest. I woke up, I see people carrying TVs, carrying millimil, carrying whatever you can get from the shops. Some were running, some were fighting for those things. It, it, it was just terrible. Uh, I'm between two malls, Protea Gardens, and you save a little shop from baby uh, shop right they looted them and after they burned the shops and now we are in so much pain if we want to buy bread or anything we have to take Texas maybe halfway town or we go to Linasia or in a day it's so difficult the life has become so terrible you want to buy bread there's no way you can buy it you want to buy flour to make your own bread there's nothing you can't even bake that flour because of this uh, load shedding mm. and then what i saw that really disturbed my mind is to see the people that were looting most of them they never had their masks on and there was no social distance and the saddest part the people overcame the police because the police were just standing and watching the people they did all those things in most uh, malls in the watch of the police because there was nothing they could do if they shoot a lot of people were going to be hurt because they were also small children in this thing it was terrible yes everything is calm now it's calm but we are not calm because we still don't have shops to buy and the worst part they looted the the the, the lakes where most elderly people get their medication and they looted the chemist the pharmacist and the some of the clinics were burned and the ones that are open they are overflowing you go to the clinic you spend the whole day and you don't get medicine because there's nothing there's nothing it's terrible but in spite of all that happening there is hope because some residents they fought for their assets in some malls the residents like in Pimville, Maponya Mall, the residents there, they stood up in arms to fight those people. Hence, Maponya Mall is still standing today. But most of the people they are helping, they helped to clean all the mess. But I'm worried how long is it going to take to have those shops fixed again? It's been a traumatic time for all South Africans, but we all get together and uh, fix up 
whatever's been done. And it's amazing how just everyone uh, gets together and carries on. And, you know, not to say that nothing will happen again, like it does in all the countries, but the thing about South Africa is that we uh, just all help each other and get on with the job. Have, uh, did you see any of that personally, or did you go out to sort of do any of the cleaning, or did your neighbours, or how did that go? No, just uh, staff we had. Uh, we have a gentleman who lives in Alex, mm-hmm. and he he's from Zim. He works for us, and he was absolutely devastated. The first morning he came to work, he said, you cannot believe what is going on. They built us a lovely a mall with a pick and pay and everything, and everything is just looted. And uh, he, he went home the next morning, he came, he said, I couldn't find a slice of bread to buy. So from then on, we just bought food you know, for him because there was nothing, nothing for him to buy. My husband went out and bought meat and things like that. Uh, it was an absolute disaster, and then a couple of days later, there was everyone, every colour, every creed, sweeping, cleaning, and just cleaning it all up. Right across the road from where I now live, in Alexandra Township, there was some <clears throat> tremendous uh, unrest going on, uh, you know, fire, fire fights and fires and, and noise and scrapping and police running around and all sorts of things and so we were all confined to our homes but on the very second day when it was still carrying on I saw a little note on our um, neighborhood watch whatsapp group from a young man who I've certainly never met it happens that he lives four doors down from me which is absolutely amazing just to say, I've got to go out and, and look after the homeless tonight. Um, many more people will be made homeless by this unrest and I can't sleep. It was freezing, freezing cold and Wednesday night, that was on Tuesday, on Wednesday night it was predicted to be the, the lowest temperature uh, for this winter and, and that means in the minuses and um, it, I, I can't describe the bitter bitterness of the cold in, in Kharteng on the high fault here because we are you know we're very high we're six and a half thousand feet above sea level so the air is thin and boy it gets cold so this young man had said I've, I've got to have please has anyone got blankets or beanies or, or um, anything that I can put in my van and go in to Alexandra Township Alex as we affectionately call it tonight well Actually, the hackles rose on the back of my neck, you know, Leanne, because it's such a dangerous place anyway. It's a place I have never distributed in until or unless I have a resident who has met me at the gates uh, outside of that Sassel garage, and then we drive in together. Because if you get lost in a place like Alex, you are in trouble. It's it's um, a hotbed of... of misery and unhappiness and poverty and anger so the thought that he wanted to go in there you know um, 
that evening, I immediately um, gathered up what I had because I do carry in my car some of the bigger blankets. We occasionally get a bigger blanket, a blanket that really is too big for a child um, or too heavy perhaps. And I had those in my car uh, with beanies and hand warmers and sorry and um, the odd scarf when we get them to hand out at the traffic lights and so on to the people who beg. But I took him what I had, which wasn't that much, and I made some sandwiches because that's another thing I do is to is to always have nice jam, fresh jam sandwiches in my car to hand out. And I took them along and I met this young guy and um, we discussed him going into Alex and he said, well, don't worry, I'm, I'm familiar with it and also I've got friends in the police and so I have a police escort. And in fact, he said, I'll probably go in a police van so that um, I'll just take everything in the police van to give out. And indeed he did and he, he sent us a few clips and um, video clips. He doesn't seem to do photographs. But he did video clips and brought them back, and I have, and Estelle has been kindly um, um, sending them across to you guys on uh, Facebook and so on, and has stirred quite a bit of interest. Now we know that it is absolutely not our main call, and for that reason, we have helped him now three times. Um, and the last time I actually made a huge pot of soup and got some of those cups and sent them out with soup and, and loaves of bread and so on. There was more video clips, so I'm quite sure you'll have seen that distribution. That time he took his girlfriend, but he didn't go into Alex. He went to an area, a, a residential area, where the streets are um, full of, of uh, homeless people and gave to them and then um, he's wanting to go out again this Wednesday night and this time Stel has made a lovely big bunch of soup which I have in the van to take home with me and to warm up tomorrow night and to put into cups um, and once again I'll give them to Paul and I've got a few more blankets I found some large beanies at the bottom of a bag somewhere here and um, one or two scarves and, um, and we send encouragement in the form of um, sometimes Bible gospel tracts or you know nice pages of devotionals just anything to try and encourage um, these people because and there are just growing growing numbers of them so and a lot of women too I've noticed time so we're going to do that but we do realize it's not our ethos and now that we've moved to lockdown three I'm very happy to tell you that as from next week Tuesday Wandi and Timber will be going to some creches and we're going to try and do a creche a week or more than that if, if possible um, so that we can get back to our core business and get as many blankets out to the little ones it's been a blizzardly cold winter I think um, and uh, and we just um, you know one has nightmares about these little ones, so we are going to be working very very hard to to finish whatever blankets we have in the barn on the children, and 
And um, if I get the odd big one, I will certainly give them to Paul um, because he is doing an amazing job. But we are getting back to our core business. Um, we do also have Google groups bringing back blankets every now and then. Um, they're starting to work again and that's all the wheels are turning. So it's been a slow year, but things are going to pick up from now on. So, and once again, we just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for every amazing, generous good that you pour into our lives. Really, we are so blessed. Thank you very much. On Mandela Day, I had the privilege of handing out blankets from my car. My little grandson was with me, and together we drove around in Brownston and Douglasdale and handed out blankets to ladies who had children. But I also noticed there were quite a few very desperate, thin, scraggly men around, so I decided to hand out to them as well, and I did. It gave me such pleasure and joy. I told all of them that this is from God, and they were so grateful. The one guy actually leaned over in right into my car. I thought he was going to kiss me. <laughs> my grandson laughed and laughed. It was a wonderful day, Mandela Day. I felt so proud to be doing that. I've got some bright colors. They are beautifully made, these. Okay, but I'm sure you can find some friends for them. You can play with and she looks as though oranges and greens. Yep. She's so lovely. But they're 31 instead of 35. <laughs> <laughs> but they are beautiful colours, except they're beautiful squares. They, it's an unusual kind of knitting. But you just, you just need some like plain dates to go inside. Yes. So you might come round here. I've been trying to connect these for ages. Well. Blending. That's a beautiful. Oh, they're, if they're the same size. Well, they're, I don't know. Have a look and see. Mm -hmm. It's a whole random load of things here. Okay. Um, all random shapes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> anyway, some really lovely fluffy ones. Mm -hmm. Warm as toast. Some are very thin, little baby cotton ones. So you have to separate them if they. We sort them out. Yeah, different. we have to sort them out and put them into squares so that they. Um, and into makeable bundles to make up a blanket. Yeah. Some people send us some people send us fabulously, you know, seventy squares that mm. makes up th um, two blankets, mm. which mm. makes the makes the job much easier. But and anyway, so then, but a lot of them are very random. So then, we unpack all these parcels and then try and match them up and make them into individual blankets. So that's what you're doing today. That's exactly what I'm doing okay. today. Okay. Yeah. a bit of Quite a, a mixture. Energy, so doesn't it? Yeah, it's odd. Look, you know, I enjoy it. I think it's fun, rather fun. Okay. As Ath was saying earlier, it's like if you like puzzles, you like doing this because you put things together. That's actually a good way of, of looking at it. It is a bit it. like a puzzle. Yes. Yeah. So are you, are you, I see you've got several piles there. Are they uh, different colour schemes? or They're all different colour schemes and mm -hmm. so they're also pretty random in sizing. So oh. I haven't completed the piles yet because mm -hmm. I sort them sort of into colourways that might work. Oh. And then I... Um, then try and count them, make them into into squares, into stacks yes. of 35 to make a blanket. But then you can see these are more difficult for me to match, match around with. So oh, these, these will sit on my table for a while until I find oh, something okay. that I can marry them with. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then, you know, we're always delighted to see a square 
with a nice long tail on it. Because mm-hmm. okay. that makes the stitching of them that much easier. Do you do any stitching yourself? Yeah, I do. You I do. do. Yeah. Okay, I tell us about that then. Oh, I love it. Well, I, was, I started doing it last year mm-hmm. um, when I was recuperating from an illness mm-hmm. and um, it kept, kept my hands busy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's, um, so it was great because I wasn't physically fit, but I was able to do something with my fingers. So. Very nice. Yeah, and I, and I really enjoy it. Mm. Yeah. And what have you been doing the last couple of weeks with all this understanding? I've been sitting at home sewing. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Very at good. Home sewing. Yeah, always oh. nice. And playing bridge online, actually. So. Well, there you heard Mandy talking about playing bridge online. The way that I've been keeping busy is listening to audiobooks, podcasts, and the odd YouTube video while doing my knitting. And um, the, the, the knitting I'm doing right now as I speak to you is my usual corner-to-corner squares and um, knitting these ones in a lovely clear blue, um, uh, half the square in clear blue, and then changing to what they call banana yellow. And that's going to be for the, the other side of the square. So we sort of have a triangle of blue leading into a triangle of yellow. And I'll put a whole lot of those together. I think they'll look really fresh and light and lovely. Anyway, while I've been listening to all my online stuff, um, what I wanted to say is the, the blanket that I was working on the last time I, I spoke to you was one where I'd, I'm using scraps. And I'd done a... a, a a sort of a rectangle of five squares by seven squares in small granny squares uh, in varying various colors. I actually used um, seven colors in all and I just staggered the the colors in each of the five rows and then uh, sewed that up so it gave me a, a rectangle sort of in the same sort of dimensions as a knitter square blanket but obviously much smaller and then I've been using my magic balls to crochet around the edges, going round and round and round until I reach the um, the right size for a knitter square blanket. It's lots of fun. Um, I'm enjoying the work. I'm enjoying the fact that it's a sort of a continuous um, uh, stitch that I just keep doing. And my magic ball just gives me one color following the next because I've knotted them all together already. And they come up in very random um, sequences. Um, and occasionally I'll get uh, a, a place where I sort of feel, oh no, we need more color changing here. So I'll cut the thread and insert a couple more short lengths of, of bright colors and then I'll re- reattach and carry on with the magic ball. Because some of the the colors that I've actually put into the ball are things like white, beige, cream, brown and black. And... Um, I think we need more bright colors for the children. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I've been doing. But even more exciting than that, I think I mentioned to you before, my daughter Tammy is coming out from the UK. We've managed to um, to secure that uh, as a definite arrangement. And she's coming out um, middle of August. And she has agreed to come on as a guest on the podcast. And I'm really excited. Tammy is um, a psychologist by training and um, she has some lovely thoughts to share on the value of volunteering and of crafts and of um, having a passion in your life and sort of a sense of purpose. But she's also, uh, she's 
got a lovely warm personality and I know when she's visited Knitter Square she's really um, been very touched by what she's seen and she believes in the, the cause. She also follows the UK Knitter Square group from London from where she lives and um, I think she's going to be a, a, a wonderful presence on the podcast bringing some of her her lively humor and um, warmth. So I'm looking forward to that and I hope you'll enjoy it as well when it comes up. It'll be in two uh, episodes time. So that gives me a bit of, um, it gives her a bit of time to settle in and uh, find her feet <laughs> when she comes to stay. We're also going to be doing a bit of traveling. We'll visit uh, Cape Town and a game reserve for a short visit so that she can really get a good sense of, of South Africa, its sunshine, its wildlife, its lovely wine route, and um, just see some of her friends and family. So uh, that's not really uh, a Square related, but as your show host, I'm just telling you about it because I'm really excited. So that's all from me, and um, I look forward to uh, chatting to you again in two weeks' time. But for now, this is Leanne Hunt casting off. You can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it, and you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.